This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Triple Arsenal attack, no Liverpool. This is my current draft. Welcome to the Gianni Batici YouTube show. Hope you guys are well. Guys, I have not been putting together drafts every day. I've not been posting lots on Twitter. This is a considered second draft attempt off the back of my first draft, which was made when the game was announced. It's been in my head for a long time. I've been waiting to put this video out. I've got some surprises for you. I hope you're going to enjoy my selection. The headlines, of course, are I'm going with triple Arsenal attack for the time being being, I'm swerving Trent and I'm swerving Salah. Sure, I'd love these guys. I'm not sure they're worth the money in the first few game weeks. Of course, that will change. I'm back in Brighton heavily. I'm going in on Chelsea early doors as well. So without further ado, shall we have a look at my team? Let's just start straight away and put Haaland in. I don't think we need to discuss this position. Um, let's stick up front though and now move across to Gabby Jesus. And guys, I am playing at the moment a 3-5-2. I think many of us are. The midfield options are absolutely there, aren't they? So Gabby Jesus, he's in my team alongside Saka and alongside Martinelli. So we can see here the triple Arsenal attack. Why? Because... The Arsenal defence is really good value. Of course it is. Gabriel's five million. Now, Gabriel is the standout defender. I think Ramsdale at five million is brilliant value too. But the reason I'm looking at triple Arsenal attack, I think the defenders, yeah, there's lots of six pointers in there for them. Sure there is. You might even get a goal from Gabriel. But in terms of the ceiling, when we look at the fixtures, they play Forest at home. They play Fulham at home game week three. And wedged in between those two homes, it's Crystal Palace away. That three fixtures I really like for a chance. And that's what we do with FPL. We give ourselves chances. We give ourselves opportunities. We buy tickets to the draw. Now, this draw is a 4-0, is a 5-0 Arsenal win draw. And I genuinely think we can get that. Game week 38. I remember, was it Arsenal Wolves? I captained Gabby Jesus because I was like, there's going to be a big scoreline here. And I think Arsenal start the season well. And I think we could see a big scoreline across those three fixtures. And if we do, I want more cover in those attacking positions because someone like a Martinelli could be the guy that gets the hat-trick. So Gabby Jesus, I think he's in many teams and at 8 million, really well priced. Saka, we don't need to talk about. The talisman, penalties, blah, blah, blah. But Martinelli at 8 million is exceptional, exceptional value. Now, many might point to the fact that he's a rotation risk. I really don't think he is. Certainly not when they're only playing one game a week. Um, Martinelli is nailed in this Arsenal team. Make no doubt about it. He is first choice. And when Gabby Jesus is injured, if he gets injured, Martinelli can even sometimes play in the nine role or Trossard comes in and they rotate. Now, Martinelli might get a few early subs, might come off at 70, 80 minutes. He won't come off before 60 unless he's injured and he's got a good chance still of playing 90 in games. Martinelli for me is not a rotation risk and I guess this draft by going Martinelli it means I don't have a Gabriel or a Ramsdale but it also limits you for Trent. If you go with someone like Martinelli you're probably struggling to accommodate a Trent as well. Let's assume you've got 
a Saka and a Jesus alongside Haaland. So that's where we're at with Triple Arsenal. I'm going big on them. I'm backing them to score big early on. Also, the home fixtures are there. Like we also have Man United in game week four at home. So three of the first four fixtures are at home. And I think this is a team that scores goals against anyone. Um, we saw a brilliant game between Arsenal and Man United last season at the Emirates. I was there, was loads of goals. Um, so that's Arsenal sorted. Haaland's in. Let's move across the midfield to another Man City asset, shall we? Let's put Phil Foden in this team. He was in my game week uh, one draft when I first made my draft off the back of the game being announced. And the situation hasn't really changed with Foden. Um, all we've seen really is, is his position potentially strengthened by the fact that we could see more departures at Man City. Like if Mares leaves, that's another route to the 11 for Foden. Now, sure, he doesn't play much on the right-hand side. He can play on the right-hand side. Likewise, he can play on the left and in the 10 and he can play as a number eight. And if you need him as a number nine, he can play there. More routes to the team if someone like Mares departs. And already that Man City squad with Gundogan departing is looking a little bit more thin. And I just think this could be a really big season for Foden. And when I look at the Man City fixtures, it ain't enough, guys. It ain't enough just to go Haaland, is it? Like, the fixtures there, you've all got Haaland anyway. When City go and win 3-4-0 and we've all got Haaland captain, you're not benefiting from that because everyone else has got the same player. Burnley game week one, I know it's away from home, but then it's Newcastle. Then I think it's Sheffield United and Fulham, West Ham. Again, a bit like Arsenal, I can see some 3-4-5 nillers. And if we get them, I want more than Haaland. Now, Grealish is an option, but I think Foden, for me, might be a little bit more fun. So at the moment, and I need to see in pre-season where he's playing, how it's shaping up, Foden is in. I do have a nagging doubt, though, that we could see someone like Alvarez become an option. And I wonder if Alvarez starts getting more minutes on the right-hand side if Mares goes. And with that... Alvarez at 6 million as a forward, I much prefer to Foden at 7.5 midfielder. So I might change this formation to go, it's a front three and Foden goes down to an enabler midfielder. But for the time being, it's Foden in, although as mentioned, that could change. I'm pretty confident though, I will have two, if not three Man City assets in my game week one team. So um, let's stick with Man City and, and put one of my first 11 uh, at the back with Nathan Ake as well. Now, the current draft we're looking at, has money in the bank. If I want to upgrade Ake to John Stones, I can. But at the moment, I quite like the idea of going in with a little bit of money in the back. And I'm not sure Ake to Stones is worth the extra 0.5. Now, sure, Stones and Diaz at 5.5 million, you get a little bit more of an assurance. But Ake is first choice left back. Um, I think he starts a lot of those early fixtures unless he gets injured. And he was absolutely first choice at the end of last season. So for me, Ake is in this team at 5 million and I think will be really good value. Bit of a differential as well. Again, the Man City defence last year, guys, you may have seen my show from a couple of days ago. I looked at the best defences and the best attacks in the league. Well, Man City, they're right up there in both areas. For me, we just need more than Haaland. Um, but before I leave you uh, onto my next midfielders, let me just give a shout out to Fantasy Football Scout who sponsor uh, the channel. Channel. So if you're not already a member at Fantasy Football Scout, now's the time to consider it because that show I did the other day when I was looking at the best uh, attackers or attacking teams and the best defensive teams, I was using metrics like uh, expected goals conceded and shots on target. And to be able to easily look in the members area, all that data at the click of a button, so, so valuable. Um, you guys might appreciate that. I'm sure many of you are already signed up. If you're not, go check it out. So Man City, I'm going big on. 
In the midfield, I'm going to pop Rashford in there as well. There is a bit of a debate. Do you go Rashford or Bruno? For the extra 0.5, I think you go Rashford. Now, sure, Bruno, you expect to get more penalties than Rashford. I know we see them split them a little bit. I think Bruno is more likely to take the first penalty than Rashford. But Rashford's so much higher up the pitch. I don't know if we'll see him as the number nine or out on the left. It depends who United sign. It's likely we'll see him out on the left. And that's even better for him as an FPL asset. He's better in that role. Um, facing the goal rather than being the number nine who he often has his back to goal. Um, Bruno with Mount in the team. When one goes, the other one will sit a little bit more. I'm not sure Bruno will be quite as attacking as perhaps we're used to. Whoever Bruno plays on the pitch, though, he's a very good FPL asset. And at 8.5, he's brilliant value. There's an argument to say you try and accommodate both. If it's one or the other, though, for me, it's Rashford. Um, so let's complete the midfield then. Because at the moment, we're only looking at Man City, Arsenal and United players. Um, but it gets, it gets better here. Because there's a team that we need to be considering way, way more when we look at attack. Because they, at times last season, were a top three attack. And they have really good fixtures. They have a manager that gives them license and they have incredibly well-priced FPL assets. And that is Brighton. Now I'm popping Matoma into this draft, but it could be others. And it could be two Brighton attackers that ends up in my team. I have this nagging doubt. I mentioned Alvarez. The only other big doubts I have about the attack of this team is, does Alvarez come in instead of Foden? And do I go double Brighton attack, somehow accommodate a Ferguson or an Nciso? Because Matoma's in here and at 6.5, like Solly March, the most reliable assets in that Brighton team in terms of who's nailed to start, right? We know Matoma surely is going to be starting games. Now, with the addition of João Pedro, we don't quite know where he's going to slot in. But Matoma feels pretty safe. Nciso and Ferguson could become a little bit of a risky option. I don't think we can safely say Nciso is nailed game week one. I think he will be, and Ferguson perhaps a little bit more so, but we know De Zerbi likes to rotate. And come game week two and three, you'll be worried. And you'll perhaps get some fairly early substitutions with the likes of Nciso and Ferguson. So at the moment, it's just Matoma. But this is this game's about risk-reward, guys. And when you look at Nciso and Ferguson... Brilliant options with outstanding fixtures. Like those first three game weeks, I'm really tempted to punt on double Brighton attack because it's Luton, Wolves, West Ham. Again, we're looking at tickets to the draw and I think there could be a big scoreline in there. So at the moment, it's just Matoma and it's fairly safe because I'm not going too risky with an Nciso or a Ferguson. But what do you reckon, guys? That front that front seven, um, a midfield five and a front two, Looks pretty damn strong, doesn't it? Looks really strong. Another player that's been really popular amongst of FPL Twitter is Mbomo. Um, 6.5 million, should be on penalties, will be playing fairly high up, does well without Tony in the team. But again, I'm not quite sure on trusting Brentford attack when I can go for more reliable attacks. And the video I did the other day is all about reliability and consistency. And the Arsenal attack, the City attack, United and Brighton, they are four of the best attacks in the league, so why not fill our boots and fill those positions with those best attacks, especially when there's good value players in there. So let's have a look at the defence. Who's going to go alongside Ake? Um, let's stick with the starting eleven before we do the bench. Now, I want to cover Chelsea, guys. We haven't seen enough of them to suggest they're going to be keeping clean sheets. What do we know about Chelsea where well, they might be looking at a new centre-back? Because Fafana's gotten, picked up a really bad injury again. Badia Shield might be out game week one. And I think we'll see a, a back four and 
pre-season so far what we've seen suggests Poch is going to play a 4-2-3-1 with full backs really, really high. Before we talk about those full backs, Colwill at 4.5 could be a really nice option because I think he starts at centre-back with Thiago Silva. Now, if I was stretching myself and I had players like Trent or Salah in my team, Colwill at 4.5 possibly would be in my lineup. He's actually going to be my sub one at the moment. So let's drop Cole Will in as the first substitute. I know I said I'd wait on the bench, but he's the best 4.5 option for me at the moment if we think he's going to be starting. And preseason will help us show that, but at the moment, I think he will. But in the 11, I'm going Ben Chilwell. Now, this could very easily be Reese James, but I'm slightly worried about injuries there. Although, look, a player's not injured till they're injured. And if we think he's fit in game week one, we should pick him. Um, if he's not fit, then we could see Gusto at 4 million, by the way, playing right back for Chelsea. Super advanced, had a really good season um, for Leon. He's a really good player. Keep your eye on him. But he's Reese James' backup. But Chilwell pro provides me with a little bit more reliability, mentioning that word again, and that is important. And Chilwell, when we look at the, the stats from last season, again, I was in the scout members area looking at corners. I think Chilwell took something like 50 corners last season compared to Reese's 20. He also had better... Um, Goal threat than Reese James. Reese James did have the better assist threat, I should note, but goal threat, out and out goal threat, Chilwell would like more shots in the box and more shots on target. So, Chilwell, I do fancy early on, um, despite the fixtures, game week one being Liverpool and then I think it's West Ham, but then after that from game week three, we'd all be buying Chelsea players in game week three, I think. So, if you start your season with one or two of them, even if they're on the bench, I think that's a good play and it decreases the risk of an early wild card. So Ben Chilwell then has Luton and Forest and Bournemouth. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, let's move across to my third starting defender then, and that is Estupanan. I think this is a guy that's in pretty much everyone's team, aren't they? Isn't he? Um, I don't think you have to have him. I just think Brighton are a good team early on. I think there'll be a few Estupanan sellers after a month or so when the fixtures turn in European football starts. But early on, I think he's a great shout at 5 million. And many of us expected him to probably be a little bit more expensive than that. So we might have ourselves a bargain. And this is a way of also covering the Brighton attack um, outside of just Matoma because he does get forward. And you've got that left-hand side covered with um, Estupanan and Matoma in the same team. I did mention Nzisa and Ferguson, and you could go triple Brighton quite comfortably, but at the moment, it's just two. Um, so look, the only position left to discuss is the goalkeeper. And at the moment, it's been a bit tricky with FPL this season because early on, we're all looking at like rotating pairs and we think Ariola might be a starter at 4 million. But for me... If we're looking at the best defence from last season, or certainly one of them, they kept the most clean sheets. That's Man United. De Gea had saves to make, and he was a very good FPL option last season, De Gea. I had him for the run-in for a very long time. But Anana coming into this team, I think, is even stronger. So Anana, in terms of FPL, is much stronger than David De Gea because he'll still get the save points, and Man United do do concede shots. Therefore, their keepers are often fairly busy, but they also concede quite a lot of shots that under Ten Hag that are quite low XG shots, right? And we like that because then it's more comfortable saves. And if a goalkeeper is racking up save points, extra points, but also extra bonus points, right? Now, what Anana has over De Gea and pretty much, I think we can say over any goalkeeper in the Premier League, is he's an elite passer. Edison the same, 
we know Edison and Nana are probably the two best footballing goalkeepers in the world, right, with their feet. Anana is going to be encouraged to play out from the back. Therefore, he's going to rack up a ton of passes. With a ton of passes, he'll unlock different categories in the BPS. If he does well in the BPS, there's a good chance he gets bonus points. So successful passes hitting over 30 passes, he'll be hitting those metrics very, very comfortably and he'll be busy and he'll be used. Therefore, I think Anana is a really nice option, especially if you can have a 4 million Ariola on your bench as well. So at the moment, I've got money in the bank with both Anana and Ariola in my team. I could, therefore, if I wanted to upgrade an Ake, uh, or if I wanted to somehow accommodate a Ferguson or an Enciso, I could possibly look to do that with the money in the bank and maybe moving around my midfield a little bit. So Ariola's on the bench next to Colwell, and then it leaves two other slots. Now, slot two and slot three on your bench, guys, we shouldn't be worrying about them too much. Like, the benches are important in FPL when we start looking at chips, and we start getting double game weeks, and we start getting European football, and we start getting injuries because... The, the fixture congestion is high around Christmas and then on. But for the first few months, when these teams are only playing once a week, until European football starts at least, we haven't got to worry too much about rotation and injuries. Like, sure, we get injuries, but remember, we get a free transfer every week. Therefore, your sub one is fairly important. Like, always have a good backup. You never know what can happen. But your sub two and three, I don't think many teams will be using their second and third sub for the first four, five, six game weeks. So with that in mind, let's just go for players that are basement prices now I could upgrade my bench I've got money in the bank but I'm not going to I think that's money down the drain so four million defender I mean we could go anyone here it's between Bell it's between Bayer it's between Bulldog I'm not that fussed who even drops into that position yet I think pre-season scouting will help me a little bit who looks the most assured with minutes and who looks the most assured um, with maybe a little bit of upside like we know historically Bulldog's been a bit of an attacking threat um, so the 4 million defender slot, um, there might even be more defensive options that emerge. Like, look, let's say Reese James gets injured. You can put Gusto in there um, and you put him as your starter. Um, and then the third attacking um, or striker slot at the moment I've got as my third bench option. Because for me, there is no 4.5 million forward that's nailed to be starting football matches. So I've gone with someone that I hope gets some minutes um, and that is, and also someone that's lowly owned. And we'll talk about that in a sec because I've got Semenyo. Now, my first draft, I have Cameron Archer. Again, neither of these guys I don't think are going to be starters, but someone like Cameron Archer has become weight, like the most popular 4.5 million forward. And with that, his percentage owned will be fairly high. And if he gets a few sellers in the first few weeks as people realise they're wildcarding or they realise they don't want him, his value could drop. So going for a low-owned 4.5 million forward might actually be the play if you think they're going to get equal minutes. So someone like Semenyo comes in to this team. So there we have my 15-man team. There's a lot of changes from my first draft. Like my first draft included Trent. It included Arsenal defensive cover. This one's a little bit further from the template. And I think for me, that sits well. And I had a lot of comments on my first draft saying... Janny, I like this team. It's not very Janny. <laughs> I was like, fair point. By the way, guys, are you in my mini league? Um, I'd love you guys to join my mini league. Your details are on screen. I feel like this team is way more Janny. It's not completely rogue and completely reckless, but it suits my upside chasing, my maverick approach of going, let's go big on a certain few attacks, like Man City, like Arsenal, covering Brighton well. 
Um, and I think Trent's points, whilst he'll get them, can be covered by other options like a Chilwell or an Ake early on. And obviously Trent can have a 15-pointer in him. But you can still move in that direction if you need to. Like Trent can come into this team by downgrading Foden to an enabler or Martinelli to enabler if I need to. And after those first few weeks, I might look to do that as Arsenal's and City's fixtures get more difficult and Liverpool's get better. But at the moment, I really like this team. And I I mean, look, pre-season changes a lot might see mass changes. But at the moment, the only big doubts I have, I mentioned wanting to accommodate, if I can, a Ferguson or an Enciso. I've got Alvarez on my mind as well if he becomes a starter. But other than that, I'm fairly happy with it. So let me know in the comments. Um, if, you, if you're new around here, please do subscribe to the channel. You can hit that notification bell when you subscribe as well. Um, I've been really enjoyed like your your conversation in the chat you're liking you're telling me you're liking the video so far loads more planned do check out some of my other videos on the channel as well including that data video where we're looking at the best attacks and defense if you've not seen that i suggest you go check that out but for now guys i'll see you Podcast Network.